0: For him, bam, we're live, just like that. I'm kicking off uh, Twitter. Oh, that's a good sign, Kayla. What's that? That you're? Oh, by Matt. Uh, that you're drinking the same drink. Is is that your go to drink? Yeah. Why? Yeah, because I in your interview that you did with uh, your two coaches that I was watching the podcast, uh, their name slipped me right now. You were drinking that same drink. Yeah. I see. I see continuity.
1: It's just a. It's just a latte. Um, Where are you? Um, at my house.
0: In 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 what in what country?
1: I live in Florida, (laughs) which is its own country. Um, (laughs) And I'm in
0: California, so I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs)
1: That's also its own country.
0: When am I going to move to Florida?
1: Probably soon. Uh. (laughs) Uh,
0: Where do you start with uh, Kayla Harrison? So uh, those of you who are piling into the live view right now, you may be looking at the uh, greatest um, female fighter who ever lived. Uh, Time will tell. Um, Some people might get upset that I'm even saying that, but no one would argue the fact that if you had to pick the future you are staring at it. You're also looking at someone who took a journey to get there, that is indicative of greatness, but that no parent would. Man, it it, it 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 it's quite the it's quite the um, it's quite I don't know if conundrum is the word or paradox or but everyone wants greatness for their kids. Every every parent in the world would want Kayla Harrison to be their child, and yet. Uh, no, no parent in their right mind would want their kid to take the journey. So everyone knows that I am a huge fight fan and that I leverage my fame in the CrossFit community to slowly get out of interviewing you nutballs who exercise for a living to slowly pick off fighters one by one and get them on my show. So here I am excited to have Kayla Harrison on the show and then as I start researching her, I come across, oh, she has a book. I'll read about it and, and try to impress her before she comes on the show. And I read this book. <laughs> I have three little boys, by the way, mm. two, two five-year-olds and a seven-year-old. The book is called Fighting Back. Um, so we will get to this. This book changed my life. I, it's weird. I was like, can I, can I recommend this book?
1: You absolutely can. and Yeah. Should. Tell me,
0: tell me, tell me why
1: you absolutely can. and should. Tell me why. Cause it, it changed not. my
0: life, but I'm like, man, <clears throat> like, like it, I mean, yeah. Tell me why.
1: Yeah. I mean, so for those of you who don't know, I was sexually abused by my first, uh, judo coach from the ages of eight to 16. Um, and you know, we, we can talk about that. I'm not shy. I'm not you know, I feel like having the conversation is the way we stop, stop it from happening. So we can talk about that as much or as little as you want, but, um, part of my journey and part of, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I believe that I was given two gold medals. I was given this platform. I was given this opportunity and I love what I do and it's very selfish and it's an amazing thing, but um, I would really be missing the whole point of everything if I didn't do my part to try and change the world a little bit. So the book is a big part of my purpose, I feel like, on this earth. It's it, it's a big part of um, why I even chose to do MMA, is to, is to have a bigger platform, to have a bigger reach, to talk to people like you about the book. Um, so it's not a memoir, and it's not a textbook. It's it's kind of a combination of the two. You know, It uses my story, my actual journal entries from the abuse.
0: So those are the actual journal entries?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. assume
0: they were, but that was one of the things I wanted to clarify. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, so it uses those as sort of like a guideline and it's written, it's co-written with two psychiatrists from McLean Hospital who um, are world renowned in the PTSD field, Um, and and work with victims and survivors all the time. So Blaze and Cynthia really, um, they do a really good job, I feel like, of putting it in layman's terms and and talking to you about like what is grooming, you know, and why kids don't talk and um, how the court process can be equally as damaging. And um, what are some ways you can talk to your kids? What are the proper ways to approach them? And Um, it's really, it's a guideline. It's a book that I think every parent should read. I think every parent, teacher, social worker, doctor, police officer, um, should read and and know how to talk to kids about stuff like this. You know, we have all kinds of material on stranger danger and bullying and no, say no to drugs. And, but we don't really talk about what you should do if someone close to you tries to take advantage of you, or if you're a kid and you maybe like, you know, funny tummy feelings and, and things like that. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of educating our society one day at a time, one step at a time. And I think this book is a big step in that, in the right direction. You know, I'm also working on a curriculum for the book to be in seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, would, I would love for it to be in the seventh grade. I think that's the, the appropriate age. I mean, obviously younger, I haven't written a book for younger kids yet. Um, but that's also in the pipeline. Eventually I'd like to write a book for even, even younger, kids. Um, but I have a lot of really good ideas about how I would like for this to tie into like just mental health in general, you know, o- obviously sexual abuse is very prevalent still. And it, it was my, it was my hurdle, right? It was my demon, sexual abuse. I was sexually abused. And that was that, that was the thing that I had to overcome to become the hero of my own story. But everyone has something in life that they have to overcome. Everyone has something that they have to to work to get through, to become the hero of their own story. So um, really, I would like the curriculum to talk about sexual abuse and, and to educate our kids. But at the end, if I could do it right and work it right, I would love for every kid to have to write, write their story. Tell me your story and tell me what you're trying to overcome and tell me how you're going to overcome it and kind of just i don't know start to change the culture of our of our youth you know i think that i could talk about this all day uh, i think that we have a go do it you know unique opportunity to everyone is born with limitless uh, unlimited potential you know everyone is born with the the unique opportunity to become whoever they want to be and life and social status and Shitty circumstances and parents and not parents and abuse and no money and money and all of these things that the world throws at you come in and play a role in who you're going to become. But what if it didn't? What if it was just up to you to decide and then you decided and then you did it? You know, and I think that kids should know that that's possible. You know, I was, is I was
0: that possible even- or is that really the only way? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> right. I mean-
1: yeah, yeah. Like if you
0: choose a shitty life, you're going to get a shitty life. If you choose a good life, you get a good life. good life, yeah. Uh, but some, some of you might be, well, oh, that's easy for you to say, Kayla. You're a multiple-time national champion. You're a two-time um, Olympic gold medalist and two different Olympics and the first American to win the gold medal in judo. But it's actually quite the opposite. It's quite hard for her to say because she took the journey. And as you – if everything went perfect, it's one of the hardest journeys you can take. Mm. And actually, um, man, I, I, one part of me wants to say nothing went perfect. Are, going back to the memoir, are you going to come out with a memoir?
1: I'd like to. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, I, you know, I please, still, please,
0: <laughs> please, please.
1: <laughs> I journal every night. Um, I write down my thoughts usually a couple times a day. And it's something that I think about quite a bit, but, uh, I mean, I just feel like my story is so far from done, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. I guess my memory, make, make it
0: long and fun. I
1: please, can do that. Please well, make it long and fun. It's going to be long and fun. So
0: <laughs> how, how old are you?
1: I'm 31.
0: Um, it's it's crazy to have you on the show. People, as I as I posted on my YouTube and on my Instagram that you were coming on the show. Of course, a flood of um, people started being like, "Oh my god, look at this!" Um, there's a lot of hype building around you. Your mm-hmm. names come out of Dana's mouth a bunch of times. You're coming. You're coming on the shows. All the little like TMZ type um,
1: yeah.
0: fighting uh, YouTube stations, you know, that I listen to when I work out are all like your names popping out of their mouth, and you were you're really infusing. Not just the female fight game, but the fight game with a little, you know, shot of energy like these people do who oh. come and go. You know, a couple of weeks ago it was Patty, and then it was Ian Gary, and 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 now uh, Kayla Harrison's name on there. Um,
1: yeah, so which is cool. so funny to me because I haven't fought since October. <laughs> Usually, you have like your, you know, you fight and then you get a little buzz and then it's over. But it's like people want to know what I'm going to do, I guess, which is exciting.
0: Has it been decided? Are you decided?
1: I mean, no. I mean, yes. I had a very big plan, um, kind of like an epic. Like you want to, you want to be a legend. Do this. Um, I had a plan in my mind that it looks like is not going to happen. Um, but I still have a little bit of hope that it might. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want to jinx it, but.
0: I, I will tell, I'll tell you this. So, um, I'm i I'm a fight fan, uh, but, but I'm really not a fight fan. I'm really mm-hmm. a UFC fan. And the reason why is cause sure. I, cause I spend three hours a week just on UFC stuff. Mm. And so like, if I want to go over and look at the Dallin Rasta over at Bellator, who pops on the scene, then like, yeah. then I have to start digging. And then my, I mean, I got a life too, right? Three. I mean, I give Saturdays to the UFC, but I tell <laughs> you this, man. Uh, There are people who could who can transcend the sport and carry organizations. And like no matter where you fight, I'll watch your next fight live and I'll pay for it.
1: Oh thank you.
0: And and I think a lot of people will. That's not me. I'm not like trying to flatter you like Sevon would do that. I'm just saying like I'm not
1: sure if a lot of people will yet, but I know that I'm I know that I'm building, you know. I think that I have um
0: I mean it helps that Amanda left your camp too. I mean there there's this it, and I, I say that with no emotion or judgment, but there's this whole, the narrative's getting thicker.
1: It is the plot thickens.
0: Yeah. You're, you have the Olympian, you're used to train with the former champ. You have Dana and um, the PL PFL, you know, all we can do is speculate that they're, that they're in a bidding war over. You. I mean, it's, it's a fun story as a fan. You're like, Ooh, where's she going to land where I can't wait to see her go. And it yeah. must be freaking out your competitors.
1: <laughs> I think I'm freaking everybody out. Everyone is just kind of like, I mean, you know, I I think that
0: you're being courted by two handsome uh, suitors.
1: Three, <laughs> three. Sure. yeah, Five.
0: three are yeah, right, multiple handsome suitors. What a, do you do? It's like worse of, than The Bachelor.
1: I, it is. It's insane. <laughs> I got an offer to to box and and get paid multiple millions to box, and I'm like, you know that I, my my background is grappling, <laughs> not boxing. Um, but it was. Please tell me you're going to
0: fight Jake Paul, please. Is that, is that what that that is?
1: I would do that for free. (laughs) Um, No, it's been quite a interesting, it's been quite an interesting couple of months for me, you know, very, a little bit chaotic, a little bit of a, uh, I mean, the problem also is like, I'm not really like this. Like this is not the, like I just want to fight and I just want to become the best and I just want to put food on my table and, you know, I have a lot to say. I have an opinion and about certain things and I'm not afraid to be vocal and, and, and say what I want, but really like at the end of the day, the real Kayla is the Kayla in the cage. You know, that's the truest form of me. That's me in my most pure self. Um, you're like, away.
0: why you're like, Hey, how come I'm here? Just let me step here, here. Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, why is yeah, yeah. there ha- why is the road yeah. splitting so many ways yeah. here? You-
1: yeah. Why does everyone have to like, mess this up like why just can show I, me
0: where like, to go and i'll go, go stand there and do and, yeah. hand, and solve yeah. the next riddle yeah exactly yeah life's a trip um the the part of the book that really opened up a bunch of different stuff and so so i although i have three kids um and they're very young i fancy myself as a parent expert i talk from i climb up on a ladder on my instagram and preach like i'm the fucking king shit And one of the things I tell people is you should never um, help your kids. And I'm speaking in hyperbole now. What you should do is when they fall down, you turn your back to them and make sure an alligator doesn't come out of the bushes to get them or that Uncle Buck doesn't get them. But your job is to protect them while they unfuck themselves. Your job is not to unfuck them. Your job. Mm-hmm. When you pick a child up, you're stealing an air squat from them. You're stealing a burpee from them. Mm-hmm. Do not steal a burpee from someone. And so, when I read your book, part of me uh, it reinforces that for me. Like, hey, hey, motherfucker, you're you you are the ultimate caretaker, mm-hmm. and do not let anyone get to your kids. Your mm-hmm. job is is until your child can fight off an alligator, you are to fight off every alligator that comes in the room for them, while mm-hmm. they build their skill set. The part that really trips me out is if your parents beat you as a child, do you think that's normal? And I don't know if you can ever um, right? Like any, like like everything that happens to you as a child is normal and perfect. Even if it's the most horrific shit that can happen to man. And then so you have this this relationship that you had with this gentleman is so fucking complex. Mm. And at one point in the book, the parental figures, your parents, your mom, and, and the and the people who love you, obviously, as this comes out, they want to kill this guy. That's a, but as you read it, you explain it so well that like, hey, that's not your place. Yeah. It, it, it's so twisted because your life is.
1: No, I thought I loved him. I yeah.
0: Felt- your life is normal being um molested.
1: Sure. It's sure. like,
0: and you explain that and I'm just like. I almost, I I'm just torn in like five different directions. I'm like, Whoa, like it's It's like a a,
1: complex, the human brain is such a complex thing. And it's also, you know, as human beings we're developed from age zero to seven and, um, grooming and, and your brain is still developing as you're into your teen years and things like that. And I absolutely thought that I absolutely thought that we were in love. I thought that this was normal. I mean, I knew it wasn't normal because I had to keep it a secret and I was disassociating and living two lives and like all these different layers to it. And and, But there were so many layers to it that I was literally like suicidal. You know, like I was, I knew part of my brain knew that it was wrong and part of my brain felt shame and guilt and, like inner turmoil. And part of my brain thought, well, this is love, you know, this is love. This is love. And if someone loves you, then they do this to you. And and
0: yeah, that's the part, right. That's the part. Yeah. Every child has that. No matter what happens to you, this must be love kind of
1: exactly, exactly. And that's why we have so many fucked up individuals roaming around our roaming around our world, you know, because whether you realize it or not, your brain Your brain stores that, you know, your, your lizard brain, if you, because when we're born, we need our caretakers. We need adults to survive. So when Uh. something happens, there's not, you can't, your brain can't compute that there's something wrong with your caretaker or your coach or your, your brain computes. There's something wrong with you. This is part of survival.
0: Yeah. Get in where you fit in.
1: And so you say, okay, uh, Mm. I'm, you know, in order to be lovable, I have to be perfect. Or in order to receive love, I need to do this. Or in order to survive, I have to be really quiet so that I don't make my mom and dad mad because if I'm loud, then that's bad, you know? So you internalize all this shit. And then you grow up and, and like, you keep using those same survivor, you know, tactics in the world. But, like, you don't have to be quiet. You know, like, you're a a grown-ass woman. Now you can speak your mind. But you don't because you were taught that that's what you need to do in order to survive. And you don't even know that that's your coping mechanism, that that's your survivor tactic. Like, you have no idea. Right. The brain is fucking wild.
0: Um, When you say, do, do you drink any alcohol? Occasionally. Um. When you say, I'm going to tie back to that in one second. When you say disassociate, what's that mean? In your book, you said that one time that you would get on the mat and disassociate. It's like almost
1: like your brain goes to a different place. Like, um, like almost like an autopilot or like a, you're just not there anymore. For me, like when I would disassociate, like if I was being abused or something was happening, like I would, my body would be there, but I would be like, in a fucking meadow or something, you know, like in a field and not there.
0: Do I know what that, how come I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Maybe, you know what I mean? I can't. Um, Like if you were like, man, pull up so hard, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm,
1: well, Sometimes I, I, when you're a child or when, or when you've been abused or, tra- or, or you've, re- when there's trauma, extreme trauma, so tra- traumatizing that your brain can't handle it, it will take you out of that situation for you. It will help you survive the situation by, com- like if someone was raping me, my brain might go to wor- that picture in my head. You know, my brain might literally take me out of my body and put me in on that beach in that house with the wind blowing
0: holy shit that's that's, (laughs) hey and 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 when you drink so when i read that i was trying to like contextualize it or like make it like relevant to my life i've known these people in my lives who who uh, in in this one woman particularly who i knew was sexually abused as a child that she would reach a point where she would drink you know like six six drinks in and she she would she was gone Mm. she became this totally different person Mm. like it was just like, and I'm like, Oh, this is, I mean, like, it was like literally a different person. You might as well call her a different name.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't know if that's the same. I don't know if that's the same terminology. I've been like that. I've had, I've had phases of my life where I've gotten blackout and I've, I've coped with the inner turmoil with that, you know, where I've, I've, you know, done drugs and um, drank and made really poor choices because I, couldn't deal with the shit that was going on.
0: You don't. You, do you have COVID? Did you just give me COVID?
1: <laughs> no.
0: Everyone has it. Don't.
1: Everyone we? has it. That's true. It is rampant right now. Again.
0: I I, I feel Omicron just dripping off of me.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: California.
1: Yeah, you live there, huh? Fuck. What's that like?
0: I, every store I go into, I'm the only dude without a mask. My kids are the only ones without masks. We, I mean, I live in a beach community. I live on the beach. Like my kids and I go in there barefoot. Everyone's like covered up.
1: Really? That's yeah. True. Like
0: they're in Syria. Wow. <laughs> like, they, like everyone's dressed in the hijabs. I even, and,
1: like I don't even remember masks. Like to, to, oh. we don't even have masks in the car or anything anymore. Like I, refuse,
0: just, to, I refuse to, I refuse to lives. listen to you. Yeah. We <laughs> Not true.
1: True.
0: Um. true. yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, where's where, your dad passed away?
1: My stepdad. Yeah. The, man, I like, call, the man. Are I you starting
0: me. to go? Why did I take this podcast?
1: No, no. No. See, this is, this is the thing about me is like, I want to go deep. Like I want to like I am not interested in superficial surface shit. Like,
0: oh, my God, your hair looks so nice. I love it.
1: <clears throat> Thank you. This is my mom look <laughs> before practice when I dropped the kids off at school.
0: I'm glad Um, you want to go deep and don't want to do superficial. Me neither.
1: Yeah. No, it's like, yeah. Can you imagine? I get asked the same 10 questions by every single reporter. Where are you going? Who are you leaning towards? What do you think? Can you make 145? Uh, You know, and then if I have a fight, it's how's your camp? How's your weight? What's it this, you know, like are you going to fight Amanda? Are you going to fight cyborg? Like, these are like, who gives it? Like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. My career is going to go how it's going to go. But like, yeah, like let's talk about, dude, my dad killed himself. Let's talk about it.
0: Dude, your life is like, it's never, (laughs) that's what
1: happened. Yeah.
0: How old were you when that happened?
1: Uh, 23.
0: Hey, could I say something just totally outlandish? Yeah. Do you think that your dad did that because he was hurting children? No. No.
1: No. I Do you, see where, you see where I'm, you
0: see say that again?
1: I think he did it because he had a chemical imbalance.
0: There, the, uh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry just to come at you with that, but that, but, but I think. I, I, you know where I was going with that, right? Like there's this, there's this, like you were attracted to what the male figure was in your life.
1: Yeah. Well, this is why it's different. So my Tell dad, me. my stepdad, who I call, grew up calling dad, was a great father. Very loving. But I was, my mom and him had two other children. Um, my real dad, my my real father was an abusive alcoholic. Um, he and my mother split when I was three months old um you know he was abused and this is why i say from 0 to 7 you you become who you are but that was the love i was always seeking was my real father's love
0: ah uh, ah uh,
1: okay A, into adulthood mind you like i was in abusive relationships as an adult like literally recreating my past and
0: right. we all do that by the way don't anyone think that you're you're like don't anyone be like, no, I'm not going to marry my mom. You better watch out. You're yeah, no. Your mom and your yeah, dad.
1: Yeah, you can't even help it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Right.
1: Your brain. And you know what's so funny is I've been um, doing a lot of work on myself, I guess you could say, especially since I got the kids. It became abundantly clear to me that I wasn't who I needed to be in order to be the best parent for them. Um, And I am hell-bent on – not making them Kayla Harrison's actually, you know, I just want them to be fucking, I don't want them to be perfect. I don't want them to be great. I don't want them to be, I just want them to be human and whatever that means for them, you know, give them the best opportunity to be human. They've already had so much fucked up shit happen to them in their lives. Like, so I just want them to be okay. But I've been doing a lot of work on myself. And the crazy thing about our brain again is like, my dad was abandoned me and but lived a block away from me my entire life growing up, you know, and had 50 50 custody with my mom, just didn't see me very often. I would see my grandparents all the time, his parents all the time, you know, and he would come in and out in and out. And and.
0: I'd like a- to throw one thing in there, by the way, for all the grandparents listening. Her grandparents from the little bit that she mentions them in the book, basically saved her life. Like oh, they, absolutely. Were, they were rocks in her life on both sides. So j- if you have, if you have shit bag kids who, who have uh, kids, you can still be good grandparents.
1: Absolutely. It's important
0: to be good grandparents. Okay.
1: Show up. Yeah. Show yeah. up for them. Yeah. You don't, sh- you have no idea the difference you can make my, both of my grandparents, my Mimi and Poppy and my mama and papa, they are still to this day, like my examples, you know, my shining examples.
0: Okay. Sorry. I interrupted. So your dad abandoned you even though he lived a block away. And when you say abandoned, basically he prioritized drinking over, um, yeah, raising kids, yeah, okay.
1: drinking, yeah. fishing, hunting. Um, and my mom didn't do a great job of, you know, my mom is not blameless in any of this. Um, she didn't do a great job of, you know, she would like come in here, you know, listen to this voicemail from your father. And I'm five years old listening to my dad say, I'm not going to make it. I'm I'm stuck out here hunting, da, 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 da. like you know. So she did a good job of making me not like him too. Instead of protecting me from that and just being like, oh, like she would be like, oh, your dad's supposed to get you. I wonder if he'll show. Which is not really like it's not you know my sister, um, is a drug addict. She's supposed to Facetime the kids every Sunday. She's not anymore because I just I'm, I'm done with it. But.
0: Uh, that's going to be another interesting twist guys. So I don't know if you're keeping track of this, but we have, <laughs> we have a, uh, an eight, an eight to 16 year old who was molested by her. Is that the word to use? Do I use molested? Is that the word? Yeah. Molested by her, uh, co- judo coach. Dad abandoned her and killed himself. And then, and then, and I don't know if it's chapter three, maybe it's all just the first chapter. Uh, and then, uh, her, she has now, um has two kids that call her mom because her sister couldn't raise the kids, and uh no, no,
1: I am their mom. I adopted them. It's official, so
0: she is I'm her not. mom, and Kayla Harrison stepped up and adopted the kids, which you don't have to do, right? like the judge isn't okay, like, exactly. you take them <laughs> right
1: oh, no, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have, I can't imagine right. not, but right, yeah.
0: right, right, okay, sorry, so I just wanted to keep okay. the picture I'm forward for the people are talking about um so i want to know how old were you when your dad passed away when he killed himself
1: my stepdad my he was i was 23
0: okay so that was and so is your real dad still alive he's still alive and do you ever see him
1: um you know occasionally he very much wants to be a part of my life um you know, he found Jesus and he doesn't drink, I think, anymore. And, you know, basically when I was 16, I told my mom that I had been sexually abused. She went to the co- my coach's house with a baseball bat, beat the shit out of his truck, pressed charges the next day. And the a month later, I moved to Boston by myself. Um,
0: That's all in train, the book, by the way, people.
1: Right. To train for the Olympics. And the day before I left for Boston. And when
0: she says she moved there, this is another crazy part. She didn't move there. Her mom fucking forced her to go there and dropped her <laughs> off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ima- imagine you've just gone through the eight hardest years you're ever going to go through in your life. And, <laughs> and it's horrible for both people. And her mom has to make the decision yeah. to take her away. I mean, yeah. uh, what kind of wisdom is that? I mean, uh, okay, go on. I mean, it, it worked. It sounds like it was the right thing to do, but You would think most parents would
1: pull their kid close. I mean, you know, it was the right thing to do for me. I think, you know, the Pedro saved my life. Judo saved my life. I obviously it all worked out for me, but. You know, my mother's relationship, like our relationship suffered major still to this day. You know, we're not. It's not a mother daughter relationship like you would. i love her and she loves me and i know it but it's like i have a lot of resentment towards both of my parents um like i I was saying the day that the day before my mom shipped me up to boston my my biological dad showed up and was like crying and telling me how much he loved me and oh
0: my god This,
1: that and the other and i was like i lost my shit like i was like you're 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 telling me this now like now i don't like And I've had this same conversation with him very many, you know, when I won the Olympics, he's crying and wearing a, my daughter won the Olympics shirt. And when I, you know, he's like, I want to help with your foundation and this and that. And he's like, you know, I really want to talk to you. I want to be there for you. And I'm like, you want to be there for me now? Like I'm fucking 22 years old and I got my shit together. Like, I don't need you now. I needed you then. What do you mean you want to be there for me? Like, what? Because I have two gold medals. Like, I've lost my shit on him plenty of times. And I've lost my shit on my mom, too. Like, what person in their right mind drops a 16 year old off with $200 in her pocket and and a house full of men and two brand new coaches who's just been abused for eight years? Like, I was raped for eight years. And you're just going to leave me there and say, good luck, honey. I hope it, like, what is, you know, I've had plenty of conversations like that with them. But you know what else I have to do? I have to thank them. I have to say thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Because I wouldn't be who I am if if you guys hadn't done what you did. I, have I know to, that's I the crazy to, part. I have to blame them. I have to blame them for the bad <sighs> and the good. I am so, I am so beyond blessed in my life, and I am so mentally strong, and I am so rich in life. And that wouldn't have happened if they didn't make those decisions you know everything happened exactly how it was supposed to happen so I have to blame them for that I have to say thank you and be grateful for it
0: is that your bird or a bird outside
1: it's my baby chick
0: oh are you gonna raise chickens
1: yeah
0: oh that's awesome that's awesome hey do you have some land Kayla what's that do you have some land? Like how big's the property you live on? No, it's you know-
1: not big. I'm actually looking right now for a little more. Here's my little.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Um. So funny story about this. I had five baby chicks Uh-oh. and I, we, I had, an incub- we have two, we have two bigger chickens outside right now. And then we got some more. We were going to do it from the beginning to the end. So we got an incubator. We got the chicken. We got the eggs. Four of them hatched. Um, you know, the kids named him. Emory named his chicken nugget. Like we're, you know, raising them. They're in a box in my moving room with the gate. And I have two dogs. So I said, you know, my mom is here visiting. And I said, Mom, you just got to make, I went to practice. said, Mom, you just got to make sure to close the gate. Make sure you close the gate. One of my dogs is a husky. Uh well Monday one of the 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 gate did not get closed. So there was a massive slaughter and four four baby chicks four baby chicks are no longer with us. And this where did that
0: hide? Where did that one hide?
1: This was the last egg and we weren't sure it was gonna hatch. We didn't think it was gonna hatch. And then yesterday morning, voila. So this is only a day day old. It's a day old. This is my little survivor. Does
0: your husky mess with the full grown chickens?
1: Oh, he yeah, he tries to. Oh, don't
0: don't fall. Don't fall. Um Caleb, Caleb, my um, so I signed my kids. So Basically, when my kids were young, I, I figured, hey, I want to get them as much adult interaction as I can, professional adult interaction. So I didn't care what they what their vocation was, whether it was ballet, this, that, or the other. I just wanted them in front of adults getting professional interaction. And uh-huh. one of the guys in in uh, my town who's friends with me, his name's Garth Taylor, and he has a uh-huh. place called Garth Taylor Jiu-Jitsu. He's been around forever. Uh, he, uh-huh. I think he was the first American to win the um, – brazilian heavyweight championships in brazil and he and he was actually and he did it in three belts so he's a cool dude totally capable awesome and i've talked to him a ton of times and i love him to death so i take Mm -hmm. my kids there but i take him to jujitsu because not because well kind of i want them i want my kids to be able to do three things dance Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um fight and play music so that they can court women and then defend women do you know what i mean like with dancing and music
1: this is is that's a good formula, my friend.
0: Right? Yeah, because you want them, and 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 then I know that like people who are good at fighting, there's like a calmness and lovingness to them. Like all those guys in that community, even though I don't do it, like when they hug me, like they hug me. You yeah, know yeah. What I mean, I'm You're- like, whoa, they make me disappear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And um, and I like all that. I'm Armenian, and that, and and everyone's really touchy feely and nicer. So my kids do jujitsu, and I know they've been doing it now for three years. You know, five days a week. They're, it's just we're obsessed, and yeah. I noticed that. Not only do they listen well, not only are they um, g- getting good at defending themselves and be in you know controlled aggression, and they're very confident, but they have this intimacy with other kids and adults that I can't even fathom. Mm. And when I first took my son to jujitsu for the first three months, three days a week, he wouldn't mm. do any of the training; he would only do the warm up because he said, "I don't want those men touching me." And mm. I would be, and I would say to him, "Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't want those dudes touching me either." Mm. But so- but somehow he got over it, and now he's in this really intimate setting. Mm. How is, and and I trip because I, I was watching that video where like, you're, I, I watched a video yesterday where you're um hanging out with a uh, Masvidal mm-hmm. and you're so intimate with him. <laughs> and then I watched a video like with you, with other men and, and, and not just men, but women. And you're so intimate with them. <laughs> like you're, you just touched them or like there was a guy on the beach. Not healthy. <laughs> well, how do you reconcile these things? Yeah. You have this thing and I, I, you probably know this. I don't think a lot of people fully understand this. If anything a man does sexually surprises you, you mm. do not understand men. Mm. Even the most benevolent man from the Dalai Lama to I don't care who you mm. hold in highest esteem is capable mm. of bizarre, nutty shit. Man, we are not a, um, we, we are a one track pony and everything else is a distraction. <laughs> yeah. um, h- how do you, how are all of these things coming together so that you're going to have, I mean, are you going to be in a relationship ever again? You think like an intimate relationship with a man, like how do you manage this? Fuck these dudes. I know what you're about. uh, And I have to roll with these guys. Like, how is this all? Have you had training partners where you're like, fuck you? I'm rolling with you no more. I don't like the way you know, no,
1: no. No. I think that again, it's that level of um, comfort. First of all, this is how I grew up. You know, I don't, I started judo when I was six. And I was the only girl on the mat for years. So I literally have no, I don't know any different, you know? And I think that also with maturity and like kind of learning how to manage myself, I'm able to discern like, yeah, I'm very physically comfortable with, like that I'm a grappler. I don't know. Like I, I hug people for a living, you know, like that's how it feels. Um, but that's not to say that that's the same in my personal life. You know, like I have had to very, very, um, firmly learn to set boundaries and learn to like, listen to my own inner voice and my own needs, like just because I'm used to it doesn't make it okay. Like if I'm uncomfortable, I need to say I'm uncomfortable or I need to say like, Hey, go fuck yourself. Um, but I haven't really ever had to, I mean, I've been, I've chosen partners that I shouldn't have been with, but I've never had to say to someone like, Hey, don't fucking touch me. Like I've never, no one really ever crosses that line.
0: Like it didn't. Um. After all, as you got older, from when let's say you were sixteen, when you would you say that I guess when the healing began or some something there was the massive change. That guy was out of your life. That there wasn't all. There wasn't a like. So there was never a time where there were then people in the in the gym that you were like weary of. Where like all of a sudden everyone was guilty. Mm -hmm. Everyone was trying to cop a feel. All
1: thing about sexual abuse is like you don't. It's not. You become internally shameful. I thought there was something wrong with me. I look I felt like people were staring at me. I felt like I was dirty. I felt like I was to blame. I felt like, you yeah, know, that was like-
0: another thing in the book. No matter how many times you said, I could not get my head wrapped around it. I was like trying to like emp- like come up with ways in my life where it's like that and I couldn't.
1: Internal shame.
0: Or just like blaming like
1: I'm so quick to blame
0: it. Yeah. I'm so quick to blame everyone else. (laughs) Fuck you. You took two parking spots.
1: (laughs) That's a good thing. I mean, you probably have a healthy, you have a healthy level of self love, you know, like a healthy level of like worthiness. That's, that's, that's how humans should be. You know, you should value yourself. I didn't value myself. You know, I felt worthless and unlovable and unworthy and shame. Like then those are all Again, meanwhile,
0: the entire world is loving you, (laughs) but, but you're just not open to it.
1: Well, I just thought I had to earn it. You know, again, it's another thing that made me who I am. Like, I I felt like I had to earn love. I felt like you want to be, you want to feel good about yourself. You want to, you want to feel worthy of anything. Then you have to go out there and earn it, which is not, you know, every human being has inherent worth and value, you know?
0: When you spoke to mike tyson did did his um sexual abuse come up at all
1: Mm-mm. I wish I had
0: yeah I, I think he has a similar journey to yours i, I mean I, please slap me down if well do you think it would be worse is there do you think it would be worse if it was a a boy who was molested by a man?
1: i think that were there a,
0: degrees or is I it just like a,
1: i think it's a different level of shame you know i think it's like a And our society puts a different connotation on it. Like a woman being raped is not the same as a man being raped. Like, because we don't like, it's the same way as if, if a man was sexually abused by a woman, like if a boy was sexually abused by a woman, people don't take it as seriously for some reason. Yeah. The child is a child is a child. Like it doesn't fucking matter. You know, abuse is abuse is abuse. It doesn't matter. But for whatever reason, our society's like, oh, man, you, you got banged by the teacher. Like, that's so cool. Like, you know. <laughs> but- hmm.
0: it, it, it's interesting that, too, uh, same with when you try a child, like um, a, a child does something bad, like shoots up a school mm. and the policeman comes on. He's like, we're trying this child as an adult. And I'm mm. like. And like everyone's all excited. Like I'm not excited that that kid killed all those people. Don't get me wrong. But right, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Why, why are we like what? What? What is this fucking um a right. Game of Thrones? You're excited right. that a child's be
1: right.
0: a 14 year old's being tried as an adult? No, no, right. no. Right. It doesn't matter what that child did. That's a child.
1: Exactly. A child needs to be. If per- child is doing something like that. They have major like yes, traumatic or or chemical shifts, and they're like they're clearly not an adult. <laughs>
0: My my wife used to work at a juvenile hall. She taught yoga there. Really? Yeah, and and it, it and she taught yoga at San Quentin, a bunch of like crazy places.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah, and um, it it, it wasn't healthy for her to see that because she saw just how bad people were treated. But mm-hmm. one of the things was is she would say that there would be girls in there who were like young girls in there who were in the juvenile hall because of prostitution, mm. and she's like, th- these fucking girls didn't want to be prostitutes. Why are they being punished? Mm. It would like you, it's almost like if you would have been sent to jail. Yeah. Let's say they they would have found out you were charging this guy. It would have yeah. almost been like you were fucking sent yeah. to jail. Well, I it's mean, like it's,
1: a, yeah. No, it's, no like it's, a like broken, I'm a- it's a broken system. It's a broken system. Oof, like, yeah. huge. We don't, we're not doing anybody any favors, you know, like any of these kids any favors. And that's the thing that, man, that's the thing I want to change. Like, shit, like, this kid isn't, even, like, you take it, like, a down from, like, that's an extreme level, right? Like, prostitution, right. Killing, killing people, and, like, that kid who's misbehaving at school, or being an asshole at school, like, he isn't being an asshole at school because he just wants to be an asshole at school. Like, something is happening, and it's our job, I think, as adults to try and figure out what it is to help him, so that he doesn't end up in juvie or end up shooting up the school or end up you know like that's why i think mental health and like obviously i want to help end sexual abuse but really i want to help end mental anguish suffering for kids like i want to help them learn how to kind of take back their life and 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 not be a victim of their circumstance and and learn how to regulate their brains their emotions understand what love is understand what um their emotional needs are understand what every human being needs at a very basic level and and also understand what it means to be successful and how you if that is your desire how you reach that like all right you're going back in your thing how tall are you five eight
0: And 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 if you jumped on the scale right now, how much would you weigh?
1: Uh right now I'm a little I'm like 165.
0: And um and is that a good training weight for you?
1: Yeah, I feel good here. I was a little bit leaner um last year. I was like walking around 160, 160, 158-ish just because. I think for the four fights back to back to back to back I was just constantly training. And between October and New Year's I took I was just training once a day. And I took some time off. I was like I actually enjoyed my life a little bit and didn't wasn't a psychopath, so I put on a little bit of weight.
0: Um when you were in the Olympics what what weight did you um
1: 172? And and
0: do you, are you more comfortable at 165? Yeah. Like less inflammation.
1: Yeah. I moved. I was very thick at um, when I did judo. I moved up from 63 kilos, which is 138. I skipped 154, 70 kilos. And I went right to 78 because at the time, Ronda was competing at 70 kilos and they didn't want their two best girls in the same weight class. So they bumped me up two weight classes and I was a big girl. I was thick. It takes weight to remove weight. So it wasn't like a, I mean, it was healthy. I just, I didn't, I don't feel as good. I didn't feel as good then as I do now for sure.
0: And, in all your, um, I went through your entire Instagram yesterday, all the way back to July, I don't know when it was July something, 2012. And in every, and in every single picture that like you're in a bathing suit or that you're, you know, wearing less clothes, you look thin. Thanks. You don't. You don't. Um. And what's what's interesting about that is, and I come from a world of CrossFit, right? Yeah. So, it, it's not uncommon for a girl who looks relatively thin to me to be, you know, five foot two, one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. But we live in this world. Like I, I listen to P, uh, not anymore. Now that he's a, uh, not not now he's gone from Howard to cow a coward. I used to listen to Howard Stern, and now he's just a full blown bitch. Yeah. He's a spreader of fear and hatred and sad sad pathetic man but um he used to say stuff like you know women would call and he would be like how tall are you and they'd be like five foot five and he'd be like how much do you weigh and they'd be like 115 and he'd be like oh that's a little heavy and i'd be like
1: are you crazy yeah yeah you see what i mean what is wrong with people
0: like like that's like veal like how would you like how would a like you a woman would have to be like be kept in a hammock and yes. not produce any muscle <laughs> you know yeah um what when you were um what when did you get strong how old were you when you got strong do you remember that
1: i mean i went through every weight class growing up i was i started judo when i was 6 and and before i started judo i was i was like a little roly poly like i was i was chunky uh my nickname was chunky monkey
0: not and- cool people <laughs> don't name the kid that not cool
1: um, and I'm having trouble oh, connecting to the internet. Siri for more info. Check your home.
0: <laughs> app. You're Siri's a dude, yeah. Nice job.
1: Um, so I, need, <laughs> I need some <laughs> kind of mail,
0: and you still <laughs> call him Siri. God, he's a bitch. Okay, uh, wow. can you change guess. his name? Can you change his name?
1: I don't think so. Oh, okay, uh,
0: All right. so maybe Cyrano. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's the only male affection I get these days. So <laughs> I'm fine, I like him how he is. He's good. I might give him a British accent soon, just to spice it up.
0: He's a good dude.
1: Uh, okay, so,
0: so so you started at six years old. I mean, do you think of yourself as strong?
1: Now, now, yeah, we, yeah,
0: and, and when? And I guess I'm, I'm saying when?
1: The baddest bitch on the planet. <laughs>
0: yes. And, and when did that happen? Like, are, are you 12 years old and you're rolling with someone? You're like, Holy fuck. I'm, I'm strong. Well, throw these there's fucking- a
1: picture of me, like when I'm six and I'm like this little tubby thing. And then there's a picture of me when I'm eight on the monkey bars and I have like traps. Um, and how I remember was that, how old was that? Sorry. Eight. By the time I was eight, I was like getting physically strong. And then I started doing two a days when I was 12 years old. Uh. Um, I literally, when I was in sixth grade, I broke my shoulder, I broke my scapula, my shoulder blade in two places because I was trying to throw someone and my muscle, my, my bones still had like growth. Um, some was part cartilage, some was bone, like, because I was so young, my muscle was so strong that I, I was trying to throw this big fat dude and I snapped my scapula in two places because my bone overrode my mu- my muscle overrode my bone
0: that's nuts
1: can you imagine
0: yeah that's different than the accident you had with your uh w- where where he fell on you and broke your oh,
1: collar. Yeah. yeah i broke my arm and my collarbone yeah and that was
0: excuse me real quick I, I try not to read the comments during the show uh michael Gesfeld, howard stern has matured with a little luck it'll happen to you as well hey go fuck yourself thank you Uh, so, wow. So that is strong. So you knew.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Oh,
0: sorry. Sorry. One more. Sorry. One more. I hope I never fucking mature. I hope I fucking turn into a two-year-old and start shitting my pants. Thank you. Okay.
1: The older I get, the more I realize we're, we're on a path to nothing.
0: Oh, good. Me too.
1: (laughs) Like, that's just what I want to be. Just nothing.
0: No thing. Yes. My wife tells me before I go on the show, because sometimes I get really wound up. She goes, you are nothing. <laughs> you are. I mean, my, my yoga, wife, you are no thing.
1: You I would definitely no like, wife, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you have a, uh, Pete. Yeah. For have fur on you. Okay. So, so, you know, at that point, okay. At 12, you know, and, and you can, at that point you said you're rolling with fat dudes. So you can, you're not even rolling with your peer group, other
1: 12 year old girls. I mean, there were no other 12-year-old girls. But I, uh, I also started competing in the senior divisions when I was 12. So I was 105 pounds. Um, when I was What three. what
0: does that mean, senior divisions? Like 18 year olds?
1: Like the adult like the divisions, the okay. adults. Yeah. Okay. So I got my black belt when I was 13. I started traveling overseas to like the big girl, like the legit international competitions when I was 13, 14. Um, when I was 14, I made the Olympic trials. I qualified for the Olympic trials. I didn't compete because the weight class didn't qualify and I couldn't make weight anymore. I was like starving. I was 14 and still trying to make 105 pounds. So then I bumped up to 52 kilos and I bump up to 57 kilos and I bump up to 63 kilos all between 14 and 16. I moved up that many weight classes. How
0: tall are you at 14? You think, you think you were done growing? No. Okay.
1: Six, five, seven. I was still... It's big. And I like Mm -hmm. 105 pounds At like, I was like maybe two inches shorter than I am now. And
0: 60 pounds less. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was miserable. I was like literally starving. I was going to school with like spinach salad and a plum and all my friends are eating, you know,
0: uh, two time gold medalist. As we said, in judo, first American ever to win a gold medal in judo. Not just two gold medals, but two separate Olympics. Also won uh, the Professional Fighting League Championship twice. uh, Won a million dollars both times, which probably after taxes and paying her coaches still doesn't make her a millionaire. So stop saying that when you introduce her people. Because the government takes fucking everything. Mm. Are you tripping on how much money they took?
1: Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that.
0: Were you tripping?
1: I was I was, I was was devastated. I was like, wait, but I earned that. Like, yeah.
0: I didn't make a million dollars one year, but one year I made $960,000. And when I saw how much money they fucking took, I was like, like for all you people who are like tax the rich, tax tax the rich, I'm telling you, I would have spent, or, or like, even I saw yesterday, they're like, this money was wasted on elections. It's not wasted guys. When when people spend that money, let me tell you what's wasting money, giving it almost always to charities. You want to give someone a charity, give a fucking $20 bill to the guy who pours your latte, who's 16 years old, working three fucking jobs Mm. to stay in high school because he has two fucking alcoholic abusive parents. Tip his tip jar 20 bucks. Mm. I I was never like in my house when I had all that money just burning it. I was spending that shit. Mm. Giving it to my gardener, my electrician, my carpenter,
1: the Mm -hmm. nannies.
0: I was spending my money. Mm. And you want me to give it to fucking Nancy Pelosi? Yeah,
1: dang do I spend money now.
0: Fuck you. I I don't want Nancy Pelosi getting my money. (laughs) If I I, I saw a hot dog vendor and I saw a musician and I saw a homeless guy all next to each other um, in San Luis Obispo, California, in a college town. And the hot dog vendor was offering food. The musician was offering entertainment and this homeless guy, it's another profession. He's not even homeless. That's a mischaracterization. He's a drug
1: addict.
0: I don't know homeless people. I was homeless. And like, who am I going to give my money to? I will think I'll buy a hot dog and give a 20 to the musician. And if I really care about the homeless guy, I'll talk to him and try to change his life. I won't give him $20 so he can go buy more heroin. I'll mm. sit down with him. And I'll be like, yo, what's up, dude, you deserve better than this. And I'll believe in him and give him love. So mm. maybe he can get the fuck up and do something with his life. Mm. Cause I know if I give him 20 bucks, he's going to buy a six pack. Sorry. This shows about you. I, I just sometimes get a
1: little. No, that's no, I can't, I can't say <laughs> it better myself. Preach.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Uh,
1: so, can someone
0: be great without having their fucking life, having being tortured? Can anyone do what you've no. done and not have uh, pathologies? And, and when you're in the ring, let's just expand on that too. Are, like, are you like, fu- when you're like, when you're fighting someone, is it like, that's, that's, the, that's the, wor- that's the world you're fighting that dealt you the shitty hand. No, no, that's not uncle. Luck, I that's-
1: it's very cold and calculated. It doesn't feel like, um, there's no emotion involved when I fight wow and fighting there's no there's nothing I become like this uh there's no emotion I just want to go out there and instill my will but it's not like an angry I want to kill you it's just like I want to win
0: are but, you in touch with your will
1: my will I think so
0: uh, you might find this hard to believe but I bet you 99% of the public 0.999 is not in touch with their will
1: mm why do you say that?
0: I just think most people are on autopilot. They have, oh, no, they have no fucking idea.
1: But that's my whole point. That's like, that's what my purpose is, man. Like fucking own who you are. Like figure it out. Just go within. Uh, yeah. Man, yeah.
0: Like what? how, 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 how do I, how do I make that first step to go in?
1: Daily really habits. My number one thing is daily habits. If I want to create change, I have small daily habits in order to create that change. You know, I'm not talking about like, oh, I want to be Olympic champion. So I I focus on being Olympic champion. I have small daily habits that create that Olympic champion. And and this is like internal and external goals, by the way, like internally, I want to become more, I want to love myself more. So what are, what are uh, things that I do every, okay, I meditate every day. Uh, Can you tell me what that looks like? For me, I wake up a half hour before the kids because I want to do it before my brain turns on. I want to do it when I'm in my most kind of like state. So I wake up a half hour before the kids. Sometimes I use an app like my there's this insight. I can't remember what it's called. Um, they don't
0: pay you enough to say their name. Anyway, uh, meditation apps, please contact Kayla Harris's management and she will get behind your meditation app. Thank you.
1: Yes. Please contact me. Um, it is a really great app though. Um, and they have all different, I pick, I maybe pick something that I want to focus on or sometimes I just try and meditate by myself. I'm not the best at calming my mind, quieting the mind. Um, Another thing I've been doing lately, which I absolutely cannot stand, never used to be able to to love, like used to hate with a passion, but have been doing a lot lately, which has become a form of meditation, is running. Just trying to focus on my breath while I'm running. Um. So you I hated med-
0: focusing on your breath, or you hated running.
1: I hated running. I'm not a okay. huge. I'm I'm a big girl. Like it. A lot of a lot of hurt. Yeah. Pain, a lot of pain yeah. in the knees. Yeah. I've also had reconstructive knee surgery, so I wasn't a big fan, but it turns out when you get two kids and your house is never quiet and everyone's always screaming for mom that you would you would you enjoy focusing on your breath. You enjoy the the peace of <laughs> just putting one foot in front of the other.
0: My wife, uh, she's also a breath coach, and it's like breathing and focusing on your breath is something I spend so much time doing every day. Anytime yeah, anything gets squirrely, I go straight to my breath,
1: absolutely. which is like absolutely. every ten minutes. Absolutely, that is that is a great daily habit. Like if anything, that's what I'm teaching my son right now. You know, he's in the tantrum stage. He's in the, you know, I want what I want stage. And, you know, I look at him every single day, Like, Emery, let's take three deep breaths, you know, and he'll do it. Like sometimes he's like, you know, but he's learning to regulate his inner turmoil with breathing. So that's a great daily thing. What else do I do? Um, I mean, I write down my goals every year. What do I want? What I want to achieve? What do I want to accomplish? I write down three things inside three key areas of focus for me to focus on. I do that with, you know, fighting. I do that with my personal goals. Um, I work again. You said you want your kids to be around adults. I work with people who are good at what I want to be good at. So I surround myself with mentors, with people who I think who are where I want to be um, whether it's in fighting, whether it's in parenting, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in whatever, whatever area that I'm trying to get better at. I have a therapist. Like I think mental health is just as important as physical health. So, you know, I do my mental reps every day, the same way I go to the gym and do my physical reps.
0: Do you have a money mentor?
1: I also have financial advisors. I have a money mentor. I have you know, a financial advisor who watches the financial advisors like
0: ah uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes. Um, I put ten thousand dollars in each of my kids' accounts when they were born in these mutual funds, and mm. basically they'll double every seven years. So when they're yeah. seventy-seven, they'll have eleven million dollars each. Yep. And if they die before then, then fuck them. <laughs> as long as they don't die before me.
1: Um. Yeah. Daily habits, small daily things like I'll give you last. T- I have to go. I have, yes. another, I have another appointment, but um,
0: um, it's going to be downhill from you from here.
1: <laughs> for sure. This is great. A great way to start my day. Um, I have a daily habit tracker, so I pick four things that I want to focus on. I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Someone showed this to me um, and I pick out what I'm going to do. So meditate. Uh, right now I'm focusing a lot on internal since I don't have a fight. I'm just training every day, trying to get better. Um, but my four daily things are right now. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to journal every day. I'm going to write down three things that I'm grateful for every day. And I'm going to list out loud the reasons that I love myself every day.
0: Oh, is that last one really important?
1: If you don't know how to love yourself, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, sound, you sound like you love yourself pretty good.
0: Like, oh, yeah. Too much. I live a really good life.
1: But that doesn't mean you love yourself.
0: Hmm. I think I do. What if I'm lying to myself? Step one accept <laughs> your line. Uh, listen, I have too many notes to not ask you to come on again sometime.
1: I would love to. Yeah.
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, so, uh, she's 12 and zero. you definitely, uh, I, her words, not mine, but, but I, I echo them. This is the baddest bitch on the planet. Uh, you, if you have kids, you should read Absolutely. this book. Please. Um, and, uh, there is the books broken into two parts. It, it's kind of two stories going on at the same time. It's her story, um, which is written in one kind of font and then, uh, and then sort of the, the psychiatric perspective of it and how to help and heal and, 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 all sorts of other things in, in in another font. It's called fighting back. Uh, this is a woman at 31 who's had more experience than maybe whole tribes have had <laughs> uh, an incredible story. Uh, please follow her on Instagram. So you want to get on the um, Kayla Harrison bandwagon. We are late to the party, but the big shit like really fucking gnarly shit's about to happen. So it's
1: about to go down, go
0: back. Um, watch some of her videos, watch her time at the Olympics. So much more to talk about. Holy cow. We didn't even get into like the superficial stuff. I'm dying to, she knows uh, one, one last thing.
1: My hair? We talked about my hair,
0: her instinct. She's, she knows everybody in the business, <laughs> but her Instagram is not full of any of those people, which is kind of crazy. Like you like, there's one sighting of Khabib. There's like one, you know, I didn't see any Henry. I didn't see like any Rhonda. Like, and and you've done it all with all of these greats. I mean, you come from an insane pedigree. So yeah, there it is. Judo Kayla. All right, girl. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Hey, have a great rest of your day.
0: All right. I'll be in touch.
1: Sounds good.